house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I'm so thankful to be in a living church. Amen. Serving a living God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is just so good. Amen, church. Thank you, Jesus. It's already been mentioned a couple of times, and some people might not understand why, but, you know, we, we want to continue to pray for our man of God. He's the shepherd of our souls, amen? Some people may think, man, they're, they're praying for Bishop way too much. No, 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 no. We probably are not praying for Bishop enough. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm here before us tonight, and my plans... We're to not be here too long, you know, just teach something real fast and short and, you know, move out the way. But I've been wrestling ever since I got the text to, to, to preach and I've been wrestling on, on what message am I supposed to preach. But I believe God has a word tonight for somebody in this house. I want to thank Bishop and First Lady for always being here for us. And, you know, they pray for us. You know, they, they fast for us. They pick up their cross daily for themselves and also for us. And I'm just so thankful for that tonight. <laughs> I'm not going to um, qualify all the things that God has been speaking to me in this past couple of days. But I am nervous because I want to make sure that I am speaking exactly what God wants me to speak. Amen. Sometimes it's difficult because, you know, you, you feel like, man, I wrote something that's is pretty awesome. And, and you tend to think like, man, this is, this is some good stuff. But then, you know, you don't want to have that spirit because you want to understand that it's God that spoke to you. And it's God that's speaking to his people and it's not you. And I, I just want to get myself out the way and let the Holy Ghost move in this house tonight. If we could all stand, we could turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis 32, beginning at verse 24. Up until a few minutes ago, I thought I was preaching another message, so bear with me. But Genesis 32, beginning at verse 24. And when you have it, somebody say amen. It says, and Jacob was left alone. 
And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, the man that was wrestling with Jacob saw that he prevailed not against him. He touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, and, and he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And one last scripture is Proverbs 27 and 6. And it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And with the help of the Holy Ghost for a few moments, I'd like to preach when God breaks you. If we can all lift our hands to him right now. Come on, church, lift your voice with me, please. Jesus, Lord, we're here tonight. We want to hear from you, God. Lord, we trust in you, Jesus. God, we're just asking for you, God, to let us be hearers of this word, God. Let us be doers of this word, God. Lord, let, let my heart be right before you, Jesus. Let this word fall on the good soils of my heart, God. Lord, don't let the fowls of the air take this word, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, don't let it fall by the wayside, God. Don't let it fall in thorny soil, Jesus. But God, let my heart be right before you, God. Let my heart be right before you tonight, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You may be seated. We are living in a time where people only want to choose the path of least resistance. They would rather rob from their future self for present comfort. They will rob from their future self by not praying and, and not getting committed to God or, or the things that they need to do in order to be successful. So they would rather have comfort now and ease now instead of having to work. This is laziness. Many people want to be a proverbial astronaut without the schooling and direction. Get rich quick schemes flood our social media and conversations. Although I'm not speaking about money tonight, that was the other message that I was, I believe that God wanted me to preach. We have to be careful from these ideologies. This path of least resistance occurs for all of us. But let us focus on when the new saints come to the house of God. They get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, and after a few weeks, they are gone. Why? We reach out to them, we call them, we love on them, and they just, they're just gone so fast. 
They have problems. They need their God to help them with financial needs, medical needs. They need help with understanding who God is. But unfortunately, it seems like it takes too much time for them, and they're on their way out. God, you're taking too long. Jesus, I need the need right now. I need you to fix it right now. And if God doesn't fix it, you know what? I'm out of here. This church isn't what I need. With these individuals those that st- and those that stay, we deal with thoughts that come into our minds. Typically with those that leave, we hear things such as, if God is such a good God, then why does he allow pain and suffering? God allows free will, and that's why they're suffering in the world. Sister Tabitha preached a beautiful message the other day, amen? And when they're suffering in this world, God has allowed all of us to do what we need to do. And if you choose to do bad, then God is not going to intervene in your free will. But that's another message for another time. Another thing that they may bring up is, why is God allowing my spouse or my girlfriend or boyfriend treat me this way? Well, maybe because you're in sin and God doesn't want you to remain in your sin. Maybe God is allowing the friction to occur in your life because God needs you to get up out of your living situation and come to Jesus. Or why is God letting my employer fire me and now I can't afford to raise my family? Maybe because you're your own God. Maybe because you believe that you're the one that is providing for your family and God is not the one providing for your family. Maybe it's because you put your employer first and your job first and not the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I feel like a lot of the times when people blame God, it's not even God's fault as to why things are happening. The enemy comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. What if the enemy is working in your life right now, but you're blaming God? What if the enemy is the one causing you to go through all that you're going through? But then you may say to me, well, isn't God greater than the enemy? Yes. But because of God's laws, you are in transgression. You are literally tying up God's hands And he is allowing the enemy to have his way in your life. You see, when you tie God's hands up, he can't protect you. When you tie God's hands up and you say, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do what God is telling me or the man of God is telling me. God's hands are tied up and the enemy is coming. He's seeking whom he may devour. Who left the safety net? Who left the crowd? Who left the church? Who's in disobedience? He's seeking whom he may devour. You are literally applying a curse upon yourself and then proceed to blame God. Those of us that stay in the house of God, man, the devil really did come up in my finances this month. I'm going to have to skip tithing this week. So I could pay my bills. That's not the devil. (laughs) Maybe God is sifting you 
to see if you trust him more than you trust your provider. Amen? Maybe, maybe you get cancer or, or a terrible disease and God forbid that happens, but maybe sickness comes to your doorstep. And now you're, feel, you're fearful of your life. You turn to God and rely on him more than ever. Initially, one may think that this is from the enemy. But if it means that your soul is going to be saved, I don't think the enemy is interested in saving your soul. What I'm trying to say is sometimes things happen to us and we're blaming the wrong person for what's going on. Sometimes God can't trust us with a job and with money. Because if we have it, we neglect the house of God. So some of us, we're, we're, we're living paycheck to paycheck and we're, we're wondering, man, what's going on? I'm paying my tithing and offering. I'm paying this, I'm paying that. But God has you right where he needs you. Amen? But we see this play out throughout the scriptures. In the book of beginnings, you can find everything you ever need to find. So this, that's why this is one of my favorite books. Probably not, if not my favorite book. In the beginning, we know the story of Adam and Eve. God told them that they may eat of, the, of every tree that's in the garden, except for the tree that's in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam tells his wife, and I know we all know this, but Adam tells his wife that she shouldn't even touch this tree nor eat of it. Adam eats of the tree after his wife is persuaded from the serpent to eat of the tree. And when they realized that they are naked, they were fearful they made aprons and hid themselves. When God asked Adam, where are you? God has given Adam a chance to repent. Instead of repenting, he blames his wife and quickly afterwards blames God, saying, you know, the woman that you gave me? The wife blames the devil. And we see from the beginning, human beings never want to own their sin. So God broke them. When God breaks you, it seems harsh, rough, tough, unloving, you name it. But Hebrews 12, beginning at verse 5 says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? And verse 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So with Eve, Eve, he's going to greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Thy desire shall be unto thy husband, and he shall rule over you. Adam, because you know good and evil, 
you're not going to like work anymore. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread until you die. This was God showing them that he loves them. And you might say to me, how, how does God love them with this? But God loves them. And he brings forth salvation onto them. Shadows and types, if you will, of what it's going to take for God to come and redeem his people. That pain, Eve, that you're going to feel in childbirth, that is greatly multiplied, Jesus had to birth the church. The pain of him being whipped, the pain of him being spit on, the pain of him having a crown of thorns on his head, the pain of him having the nails implanted into his hands and his feet, the pain of him not being able to breathe, he had to birth the church. His pain was greatly multiplied. They whipped him. Come on, church, they beat him. I'm telling you, that should have been me. That should have been you. But Jesus Christ took that pain. They beat him to the point where he was unrecognizable. They pierced his side, causing blood and water to come out. He birthed the church. He had to work hard, being the Messiah, to do the Father's business or the meat he had, he said. He had to pray so hard that it, as it were, great drops of blood fell from his face. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Adam, that work that you had, Jesus Christ had to work hard also. God broke them. But he didn't hate them. He loved them. Sometimes we need to be broken because our stubbornness, our stubborn will won't understand the things of God. Our stubbornness brings us away from God. Sometimes we need to be broken. Take a look at Cain. In Genesis 4, beginning in verse 3, it says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the first things of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. God broke Cain by not accepting his offering. You see, you can't just come up to church and, and give to God whatever you want to give because you know what, bless God, this is what I'm doing. God will break you. But he will talk to you. He will tell you, I respect your brother. Yes, he brought an offering, but I can respect you too if you do it correctly. After seeing Cain's reaction, it's amazing. God loves Cain. God came up to him and was willing to teach him. He spoke directly to Cain. And the Lord said unto Cain, verse 6, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. God has given us step by step. On how he can handle everything. He can fix this. Fix your face. 
If you do, you'll be fine. But if you don't, the enemy is coming at your door. And when the enemy comes at your door, you need to rule over it. You need to rule over him. If you don't, he is going to get you. But Cain was allowing his emotions to rule him. God was warning him. He told him, don't show your face. Fix your face. You have a problem? Fix your face, son. I'm going to teach you how you're supposed to sacrifice. But God hurt his feelings. <laughs> but faithful are the wounds of a friend. Amen, church? If we take a look at our opening text, we'll see that Jacob went to the forge of Ach, which is called the place of emptying out. We all know this. And Jacob wrestled with God. Wrestling, in wrestling, one guy is trying to bring the other down and win while remaining up or unpinned, while the other guy is also trying to do the same. Jacob was trying to get God to the ground and say, you know what, I'm going to handle this my own way. God, I don't need you. And God saw that he was going to prevail. So God had to do something. He had to break him. He had to hurt him. He had to make him need to rely on God. God is trying to get you to the ground, to your knees, so he can win and rule over your life, church. While you're trying to get God on his knees, while you rule over your own life, God is desperately trying to speak to us and say, don't do it. Don't wrestle against me. I don't want to hurt you, but I will if I have to. Maybe you can't keep any job you have because of your attitude. Maybe that friction with your employer is God wrestling with you. Trying to show you that you need to follow peace with all men. Not just with those that show you respect. Maybe God is trying to teach you to be submissive and win souls, not arguments. You keep, you keep job hopping and you're missing the opportunity for God to break you. Don't run away. Jacob didn't wrestle and notice God's hand coming for his thigh. And was like, whew, never mind, I'm out. Forget that, I'm out. We can't run away from our problems. A lot of us love to miss pain. <laughs> Why would we want pain anyways, right? We want to miss pain in difficult times. We will rob from our future self for present comfort. Maybe your employer is checking up on your work. He's bringing it to your attention that you maybe you're cutting corners. You keep wrestling with them and fighting, fighting with them, you know, telling your case and that's not what needs to be done. And God breaks you and shows you you aren't doing things the correct way. You can lie to your employer all day, but God knows. God knows. Maybe God is telling you that you aren't praying like you ought to. You're getting mad that 
Maybe your husband or wife isn't communicating with you. While God, which is your husband or wife for the men that think that's weird, <laughs> aren't communicating, you're not communicating with him. God will break you and cause you to lean upon him. Amen. The music can come. God saw that he couldn't beat Jacob. God can't just beat our will just, just by talking to us or, or maybe wrestling with us and not causing pain or friction to come to our life. Jacob's will, just like our will, is strong. Jacob, Jacob's will was trying to tie God's hands. So God had to break Jacob. When God broke Jacob, all Jacob could do was lean upon God. He reverted to the posture that God needed him to be in in order to be blessed. Where we just, we, we need God. I'm saying when we lose our jobs, and you know what? I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but I'm going to go to God in prayer. I'm talking about when, when sickness might come at your door and the doctors don't know what's going on. So you know what? I got I to gotta lean on God in prayer. I'm saying, well, my kids are acting up, and you know what? They left the house of God, and I can't control them. So you know what? I have to lean on God in prayer. There's blessings when we're broken. When God breaks you, it ought to bring you closer to God. And not bring bitterness to your situation. Not be bitter at God because, God, why is this happening to me? God, why does every time something goes wrong in my life? And you're looking at your brother and sister and you're saying, they're blessed. But you don't know the pain that they went through. You don't know the heartache that they went through. You don't know the, the prayer time that they had being broken before God. All you're seeing is them turning into Israel, being blessed. And you're missing your opportunity. You see, when God breaks us, that's another opportunity for us to leave God. Jacob could have left God and said, man, you hurt me. I don't need you. I was with Laban. He, he, he messed my wages up. I fixed that. But that wasn't Jacob's response. Jacob had a brokenness to him. And he said, until you bless me, I won't let you go. I wonder if we can have that prayer tonight in this house. God, until you bless me, until you bless my situation, God, I'm not letting go of you, Jesus. And God asked him a simple question. Who are you? And Jacob confessed to him. Sometimes we just need to repent to God. We need to confess to God sometimes. Jacob said, I'm a deceiver. I'm a subplanter. I'm a heel grabber. I'm Jacob. I wonder while we're wrestling with God. Some of us are broken in this house tonight. 
Some of us have been dealing with things that you're too ashamed to tell your brothers and sisters. You're, you're too ashamed to go to the man or woman of God in your life. I wonder if we could come to God tonight in this house and tell him who we are in this house. Who we are, God, I'm a liar. Jesus, I put my employer first, God. God, I put my own understanding first, God. Jesus. Jesus. Because church, at the end of the day, you might be able to fool me. You might be able to fool your neighbor. You might even be able to fool the man of God. But you can't fool God. God sees you. God sees you and he can let you go. He's about to let you go. Do what you want to do. He's about to let you go and do whatever that you want. But it's time for us to hold on to him right now. And say, God, unless you bless me, unless you bless me, Jesus, I'm not going to let go. Come on, someone's up to our voice in this house right now. Come on, I'm telling this. God is dealing with some people right now. Everything I give to you. Come on, somebody. That friction you're feeling, that pain you're feeling. You're complaining to your husband and wife and your friends, and God wants you to bring it to him. The hurt that you're dealing with. Maybe God is breaking you right now. He wants to mold you. He wants to shape you. And above all, he wants to bless you. I'm telling church right now, don't run from God breaking you. Don't run from the things that God is going to do in your life. Don't run from the hard times, the storm that might come. If you just hold on to him, if you just hold on to him, God has to bless you. He's going to speak into your situation.